Thank you. <laughs> um, now is uh, time for our kids' corner here, so if kids want to come up and chat for a few seconds. So, why don't we sit up here on the top a little bit higher up so that they can actually see us on the camera back there. <laughs> and anyway, this gives me a shot at being able to stand up again, so... <laughs> Hey, you. So today's Advent candle represents peace, right? The one that we just lit right there. So, but what is peace exactly? Think about that. I bet it's not exactly what you think it is in this case. It's not just an absence of war or the opposite of war. Uh, In fact, it really doesn't have much to do with what's going on in the outside world at all. See, the outside world is always going to be filled with problems and conflict and frustration. But peace is more like the feeling inside you that everything is right in your world, right? You ever get that feeling? Just, you know. And Christmas time is especially a time when that I mean, for me, at least when I was a kid, Christmas was a time when everything just seemed right in the world, right? But anyway, I think it's actually memories like that from people my age that give you guys all these stories about the good old days and things like that, you know? Um, You see, when you're a kid, you're protected from most of the problems in the world and the work that goes into making things happen, right? But, uh, uh, you know, your parents kind of keep you unaware of these things too. And, uh, but over the next couple of weeks, try this. Keep an eye on mom here and just watch how hard she works cleaning and decorating and cooking and baking You know, there's a lot of work that goes into preparing for Santa, right? So, uh, you know, this is kind of what we older people miss. See, we're no longer protected anymore from that. We have to do the work, right? But, uh, and it makes it harder sometimes for us adults to recapture the feeling of Christmas that we had when we were young. But, but, uh, that you know, that sort of, all is right in the world feeling because it's kind of on us to make it that way. At least we kind of think it is sometimes. But, um, you know, this is kind of what I want to say. Appreciate that wonderful gift that you're getting. You know, Santa might bring cool presents and all, but I think mom and dad are probably working pretty hard to get ready for Santa. And soon... You guys will be adults and need to create that kind of peace for your own children. But you know what? It's not a bad thing. It's actually a lot of fun. You see, when you love somebody, you just want them to have that kind of peace, that feeling that everything is just right. You know, and I think that's why God came into our world as Jesus 2,000 years ago. What do you think? Do you have something you want to say? Well, I'm already on the microphone. If I go on that one, it's going to like double us up and everybody's going to be tired of hearing from me, right? So, all right. Um, 
Why don't you guys head on back, and I'm going to talk to the adults here, but thank you again for coming up and So, anyway, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. Now, God promised us through his prophet Isaiah that a day was coming when there would be peace on earth. And yet, Israel spent 600 long years under the rule of outside governments, governments that were interested in extending their own rule, enriching themselves, Governments insisting that they were the source of all the benefits of mankind. They promised peace. Actually, you might have heard it. It was called Pax Romana. Um, Pax Romana meant the Roman peace. And it was part of the gospel of Augustus. This gospel was that there will be no war, for Rome has literally crushed everyone powerful enough to oppose her. That's the peace that Rome offers, right? Governments that believe then that they're due all the glory. And in fact, Augustus held himself out to be God on earth and the cult of the God of the state was born. And I'm not sure much has changed in our world in the last 2,000 years on that side. You know... The 2,000 years ago, angels appeared to a, a bunch of lowly shepherds on the plains of Bethlehem, confirming that a new way to govern had arrived, a way that would indeed bring peace on earth. The shepherds, by the way, heard this message ringing through the sky. They were lowly men, not the high and mighty. They were sort of stereotypically regarded as kind of the used car salesmen of their day, not exactly honest, not particularly high-class people, you know. And now that kind of leads me to the used car salesman story. I mean, we've all dealt with this in one way or the other, and not that used car salesmen are, are bad, that's not my point, but... When the man tells you, oh, yeah, this is the best that you can get for the money. There's never been another. And these, these cars, they go for hundreds of thousands of miles. And in the back of your mind, you're sort of taking everything the guy is saying with a grain of salt, right? And uh, because the peace that is the peace of mind that he is instilling is about as good as the warranty he is given with it, Right? which usually isn't very much. And, you know, on a side note, imagine what peace might mean to such a person, a person who realizes how limited his abilities really are to provide such peace and to follow through on any, any of those promises. The season of Advent prepares us to celebrate the coming of Jesus. Advent prepares us around four themes, hope, peace, joy, and love. And the church has traditionally held that these are the true gifts of Christmas, that these arrived with the birth of Jesus Christ as a baby in a manger. You know, and last week we talked about hope and we talked about how Simeon 
waited upon the promise of this Savior. We learned that waiting isn't mere idleness, but rather active preparation filled with hope. Well, this week I want to focus on peace. You see, the Bible was written to people who found themselves in the midst of conflict and struggle, and it must have seemed like an eternity. Can you imagine living in a country that had been overrun by its enemies time and again for 600 years? That's beyond even the scope of the existence of our country or even colonial America. Um, But for us, uh, for this people, a promise had been penned by Isaiah some 800 years earlier. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. We just heard these things. Thank you again, Kathy, for reading those for us. Not trying to repeat you here, but just as a reminder, you know, in our own world, even after the coming of Christ, have we not allowed ourselves to get sort of sucked back into that old world view uh, where uh, we attempt to fix the problems in our world through human institutions and endeavors. We mustn't forget that the real kingdom is ever present within us. It's within our hearts and the hearts of every man around us. But just like every other innovation, and Christ's message was innovative in its time, and I think it's still innovative today because we still look back. But like every other new innovation, it requires us to sort of look back and pay attention to where we've been. So for example, we're on the verge of the self-driving automobile. But when it comes, it's going to require looking back to cars that are driven by people and roads that are designed to be driven by an intelligent being. You know, uh, we can't just introduce this and then let it take off, in other words. Um, And I think in some way we've done this with the gospel message too. Yeah, we need human institutions, we certainly do, and yes, they're good. And we need government too, by the way. I'm not advocating for anarchy here. But these things shouldn't be counted as our source of peace. Even the best human intentions frequently fail. We've all been there. While the Christmas story conjures up images of shepherds as kind of handsome young men with a staff wrapped in a clean white sheet, you know, dealing with cute sheep, the reality is far different. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, shepherds were often seen as the lowest of the low. They were nomadic, they lived off the grid, they were single men without children who worked long, hard hours to earn a meager living. And they probably weren't clean and didn't smell very good either. Um, So they were considered low class. They were generally considered untrustworthy. 
The fact that these were the first people and actually the only people that the Bible mentions that the angel of the Lord appeared to to announce the birth of Christ to literally hear, hear the announcement of the long-awaited Messiah, I think this is an indication of my first point, and that is that the peace of Christ is for everyone. It's not just for the rich and powerful or the connected and the, or in crowd, um, but it's for those that are out eking out a day-to-day existence. So if you've ever felt unworthy of God or the gifts of God, well, then this message is for you. You're in good company. Um, You know, by the way, when the angel first appeared to the shepherds, their first response was absolute terror. They were terror-stricken. Imagine the glory of the Lord shining around you in the darkness of night. Imagine the glory of the Lord shining in the place where you're hiding in your sin. But the angel's very first words to them, do not be afraid. This message should echo down through the years to us today. Though you may be facing painful and even terrifying situations, an an unfavorable diagnosis, relational struggles, anxious circumstances, Do not be afraid. The angel brings good news of great joy. Great joy for who? For all people. That's all people then and now, all people in all times. The good news in the arrival of Jesus is that we are not forgotten by God. As was the case in Israel 2,000 years ago, so it is today. God comes to be with you in the midst of your struggles. He came, he is the Messiah, the Lord of all, and he's still in control of all. But secondly, what is peace? It isn't merely the absence of conflict or the absence of struggle. It's not just the absence of war, but rather peace is the absence of fear and it's found in the presence of God. The peace that Jesus brings into our lives doesn't result in trouble-free living. In fact, we're told that we should even expect problems in this world. Jesus says so, right? But don't these things seem to contradict each other? They don't seem to be able to both be true at the same time. But you see, the peace that Christ brings is confidence in God. It's the certainty that we're not alone, that God will show up. He is there in the time of crisis, and God fulfills his promises, and he's in control. You know, there once was a man that wanted a painting that represented peace to hang in his living room, and he couldn't decide uh, what which direction to go. So he asked his two daughters if they would paint for him. And the first daughter came in and revealed her painting. And it was an autumn evening and there was a clear blue sky and the sun is setting over a lake which is reflecting the colors in the trees and the colors in the sky. And it was beautiful. And uh, gee, what could compete with that for peace? Well, the second daughter unveiled her painting 
And in her painting, there were storm clouds in the sky and a waterfall roaring over a cliff. And, you know, the trees were bending in the wind. And on this unsteady outcropping next to the waterfall was a tree that was just clinging to the edge of the cliff. And its bow bent over as though it were daring to stick itself into the torrent of water. And there on that bow was a bird's nest. And a robin sat in it on her eggs at peace. You see, peace isn't true peace. We can experience true peace even in the midst of chaos and danger. Peace isn't about our circumstances, but it's about the one who is faithful to walk through us, walk through those circumstances with us, even in the most difficult times. That first Christmas morning, the angels brought good news. A child has been born in the city of David. He'll be a better king. He'll rule and bring us peace. Luke is borrowing from Isaiah's prophetic promise here. And he's keying in on a time when the nation of Israel was united. He's keying in on the good old days. He's keying in on what every Israelite wants to see as reality again. But this time it would be even better than David. This baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger, was the God of the universe. And he'd moved into the neighborhood with them to walk with them through the problems and the troubles that they were experiencing. Peace would not come from a mortal man. How could it? Peace came from the divine. Thirdly, God's favor comes from being at peace with God. The Bible story reveals that our greatest need for peace, the most important place where we need to experience peace, isn't within human relationships, and it's not found in the right circumstances, but rather it's found between us and the holy God. Romans 8, just a little further along than where Kathy had read, tells us that a mind governed by the flesh is death. It focuses in on our world, our circumstances, our desire, and that living in that situation is not pleasing to God, but rather the mind governed by the spirit is life and is peace. We find ourselves lost in sin. Our spirits are at odds with God when we don't submit to him because we think we know better. Is this not the headwaters of every conflict we've ever had? Do we not go to war with one another because we think we know best? If we squared our peace with God, would that not improve our relations with others? You see, the birth of this new king, the rule of the entire world, I don't know, the, the birth of this new king who would rule the entire world actually rules beginning in each human heart. Peace we seek comes from confidence in God, even confidence that we're willing to submit our hearts to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and even in the hardest times. 
This then reorients our hearts and makes us friends of God. So even in the chaos around us, we find confidence and comfort in knowing that we've been made right with God. That is a special kind of peace, and that's the peace that Jesus brought to us. So now, in benediction and closing, come, Lord Jesus, come. Fill us with the peace that you freely offer. Come rule in our lives. Help us be agents of your peace in this world. Let us reflect your love. And now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way.